0: Moving on, however, a couple of key games we're going to look at, just in a bit of a quickfire fashion, just one of us talking on it, and uh, I'll do the usual Michael warning One word, one word is all you're allowed to give in terms of your picks on it. Uh, Colm, you're going to kick us off, last of the 5pm games, the, uh, you know, interesting, intriguing, challenging Pittsburgh Steelers against the unbeaten, undefeated, uh, potentially invincible Philadelphia Eagles. Break it down for us and tell us how you see this game going in your view.
1: They're not, they're not invincible, but they are a very good team with a very good quarterback going up against Steelers team who are are massively in transition. And when we know magical Mike Tomlin, but you know they struggle to get to opposing QBs without TJ. Um, he's an enormous loss to them, and Ed Bouchette, who we have had on this program now retired after an incredible career uh, covering the Steelers. He said that this might be the worst Steelers offense he has ever seen, and as he acknowledged himself, he goes back a ways. <laughs> so, um, to to me though, for the for, I really think they have got to take the good and the bad with Kenny Pickett at the moment, and and just. Continue with it, um, and and see what you have. You you know Mitchell Trubisky ain't it. He's not a franchise guy, so you need to play out the season. I think with Pickett and and see what you have there, um, and see what see what he can do. But look, the we've already talked about what the Eagles have have done in terms of the the trade, um, but. Here, Mike Tomlin on Jalen Hurts said, I've got so much respect for him and the way he plays the position, his intangible qualities, leadership skills, prudent decision-making, prudent use of mobility. Um, He's why they have very little negativity in their offense. I love the way Mike Tomlin speaks. Um, It is very difficult to see and i think they will get get a, a response from him but this eagles team is and Howie has done a, a magnificent job their biggest enemy is complacency in this game as long as they show up as long as they play to their ability they should get the victory over the the Steelers. continue to be unbeaten
2: eagles
0: good man eagles Michael also goes
1: for Eagles.
0: So we all have the Eagles going to 7-0 and the Phillies are in the World Series. Big time, big times in um, Philadelphia at this moment in time. (laughs) I don't think, however, even though the Astros are in the World Series, the Texans, uh, the people of Houston are going to be as excited about the Texans, Brian. And you're going to break down next the first the later games, the Titans at the Texans. Nashville might be singing after this, especially they're going up against the one-win Houston Texans side.
2: Yeah, with all the talk of the Colts' uh, decision to drop Matt Ryan last week, it kind of got away from what I felt was a a poor performance overall by the Titans. like Defensively, yeah, they were sound, but again, they were were going up against a team that's struggling offensively. But the offense for the Titans has been erratic this season. It hasn't got going. There's no consistency there. D'Anahill is not having the Best of the season, and nor is Derek Henry. Like his, his yards, 536 yards, five touchdowns. And whilst that's really good for, for a large m- amount of the running backs in this league, from what we've seen over, over the past of the like, course of the last four to five years, he's way down. I think he hit 86 last week. He's, of the games he's played this season, I think only with the exception of two games, he's gone over 100 yards. He's not playing. To the calibre that we're used to seeing. Their highest receiver is Robert Woods, 230 yards, one touchdown. Traylon Box is injured. He, has, you know, he hasn't hit the ground running. There's been a lot put on the third round pick. Phillips, he's not really playing well. And the Titans, like sorry, the Texans have played well in a lot of games. Even last week, they were 24-20 down in the fourth quarter. And Davis Mills throws a picks at pick six. And I think back to the game in Soldier Field when the game was late he chose an interception to Roquan Smith and effectively wins the game. He's he's, he's reminding me of quarterbacks that we've seen and Daniel Jones, I put into that category, where early on in their career, they play really well for for three quarters. They do exactly what the head coach asks. But when the game gets to the crucial point and the game hurries up, they can't handle the pressure and they can't handle the situation. And that's what we've seen from this from this Texans team yeah, so far this season. They're getting gashed on the run. So is this the weekend that Derek Henry finally steps up? 100, they're giving up on average 164 yards per game two running backs. And Damien Pierce has done really well for them. I could see him having a, another strong game, but this week could be the breakout game for Derek Henry. And for me, it's a Titans victory, and not to get too into a betting aspect, it, the line is so low, I'm, I'm asking myself, what's the, what's the trick here? Why is it so low? Am I missing, it? Am I missing something here? I don't see it. I think the Titans will win comfortably. Don't see it being a high-scoring game. I think they'll do enough to win the game and move on in a division that right now is theirs for, is theirs for the taking. Column I am saying the
1: Titans Michael is going Texans.
0: Okay, I Titans for me. Okay, the last one these games are going to look at in a quick fire. Uh, I got them again, the Commanders at the Colts. And actually, when we were talking about the parts, I meant to mention uh, even Tom Landry realized that uh, QB platoons don't work. Famously, he had Craig Morton and Roger Stull back in alternate snaps. Um, and then when they lost to the Bears, he realized that doesn't really work, put Stull back in, and they promptly won two, 10 games and won a Super Bowl that year. Um the commanders in this cult could be thinking, well, you know, this quarterback platoon. Maybe there's an option because they both benched effectively their starting quarterback, uh, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heneke, Heineke Heineke started last week, leading leading the commanders to a surprising victory, to say the least. Um, many people speculating could this be finally the turnaround for them and uh, green shoots of recovery uh, for a very troubled franchise. The Colts, potentially in even more surprising news, given that they brought Matt Ryan in in the offseason, we haven't heard it already, have announced that he is benched for the rest of the season, uh, arguably. Um, We'll see if that transpires, actually. And they've brought in Sam Ellinger, Uh, and if you're wondering what is a Sam Ellinger, I think most of the NFL are waiting this weekend. He has never thrown a competitive pass in the NFL, uh, after being drafted in the sixth round. Well, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. So maybe that's going to be a good omen. Um, and that, uh, he went to Westlake and set various high school records where actually Drew Brees and Nick Foles also went. So maybe he's going to win a Super Bowl like the two of them did. Um, there's lots of omens, hopefully, uh, we heard earlier on uh, last night from, um, wasn't it Connor, I think, who shared with us, seem, or it seems to be driven by ownership very heavily. Jim Ursi very unhappy with the start of the Colts season, and he's every reason to be. They've been pretty poor. I don't know if that's down to Matt Ryan. I think it's more down to a pretty bad offensive line, although Ryan has been suffering under pass rush pressure. Guarantee you one thing. The commanders, what they do have is still a very impressive front seven, especially a very impressive defensive front. So um, this game is hard to call because both teams have been so poor during the year that either of them could quite conceivably not turn up. I actually think it's a bit of a coin flip. I don't think going to a completely unproven quantity in Ellinger is going to suddenly kickstart the Colts' season. Um, If they could replace the offensive line with five people who've actually met each other and know how to block, that might actually help to begin with. I was pretty brutal about them in the Titans game last year, and they lived down to the expectations. Um, Realistically, I could go either way, but. Maybe, I believe, a little bit more in the Commanders after uh, what was, as I said, a stunning surprise victory last week. And so I'm going to go for the Commanders to uh, get on a bit of a roll um, as they're so far behind the rest of the NFC East as it is that they'll at least uh, start to see some further shoots of recovery, especially under our mate Mr. Heineken. Heineken, I know. Uh, Connor, uh, Connor, Column, Brian. Who you got? One word.
1: For, for, for me, I'm going to say, I'm going to go Colts. I'm going to say, and Michael's going
0: Colts. Manders. We have a true 50 50. I told you it was a 50 50 game. There you go. A 50 50 split. They were perfectly, perfectly set up. Um. Okay, we'll call it a break there for those quick-fire rounds, and we will move on in this next segment to a real great uh, NFC West clash. Well, it would have been great in any other year for the last five or six years, but at this moment in time, it's going to feature two teams both under 500 at the moment. Mamas and Papas sang about California Dreaming. And uh, these two teams are still dreaming of a Super Bowl, but that might be merely a figment of their imagination. The Niners are going in to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Colm, as Brian tries to resolve technical challenges there, how do you have this particular game going down?
1: This is one where um, I suppose both both teams have... um, flattered to deceive and have disappointed for, for different reasons, I, I think. Um, if you are the Rams, you're probably looking at it and it's, it's not so much the, the injuries, but it's what's gone, on, what's gone wrong with your O-line. And obviously Whitworth um, isn't there. Um, they've had the issue with Cam Acres and what is what's happening there. I mean, both of these teams, the Rams and the 49ers were the last two standing for Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers were able to get him because they had the extra ammo to to do so. But it's probably a testament to both of these teams feeling, looking around the conference, um, looking at their rosters, thinking, yeah, we're capable of doing it. We we need to make a, a big splash here. This is is another one of those games where I I can make a case for both of these sides winning. I can, the, the 49ers are still really, um, beaten up and, um, the, the Rams, you know, co- co- coming back, um, uh, you know, having maybe fixed things, um, they could, they could get the victory equally. You're looking at that 49ers defense and, and you think, well, they can't have another week where, you know, they, they don't get to, to the QB, um, for for me i suppose what i would say is eh i've got i'm going to lean into the the niners i think just because the Aaron Donald has looked more human this year. And we've seen what the Rams have, have done. They have looked to move him around in order to try to make him more effective. Um and and by more human, he is still a phenomenally good player. But Aaron Donald, for you know, the best part of a decade has been superhuman. He has been completely um un, unblockable um in and he You know, no matter what you did, you couldn't stop him. This year, losing Von Miller was huge. And what teams have have done is they have actually double or triple team Donald, and knowing that they can take him out of the game and the Rams don't have um, anything else. I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey does enough to, to win it for the Niners, but I have zero faith. In uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, he seems to be, um, you know, he he knows this is his last year in uh, the Bay Area, and uh, he doesn't seem to be any t- taking any prisoners at the podium.
2: Oh God, yeah. it is it is a very difficult one to 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 make an assessment on and make a proper pick. I, I've always been quite keen on the Rams in this game this game, and I've always seemed to Come out the wrong side, of and then you look at the numbers. Like they've won seven games in a row against the Rams, um, in the regular season, and then they go and lose the championship game. Similar enough to the Bucks and Saints. Saints always have the number. A couple of years ago, go to playoffs, the Bucks beat them. And God, it's difficult. And i wonder where the Rams are going to be after the, the boy, because we saw last year, and was the boy was quite late on right in the season. You're kind of the last two Super Bowl winners have had their boys quite late, November, and it's going to play it in their hands to come back to go on a run. They re-energise themselves during the during the break and assess where they've been. So maybe it's not the case because the Rams are having a boy quite early in the season, and they probably need it because they haven't really been doing a lot. I don't think that's going to change. I think Stafford is struggling. Michael made a point in early on in week one, in particular when we were doing our Thursday night preview. We felt there was more to the injury than people were letting on. I'm starting to believe that could be the case. And as bad as the 49ers have been, they always find a way to win this game. Um, they'll have a huge contingent of supporters down there. So I'm with Colum. Um, I'm a bit more confident on the Rams, to be honest, in the way Colum has gone on with this game in terms of being a 50-50 toss-up, whatever way you want to proclaim it. But I think the Niners will win this game.
0: So the the Niners, are in, they're in bad shape. Like, they don't have many of their starters on defense. Their defense is more than banged up. It's in a bad, bad way. Um, their secondary, we if I feel like we've been saying this for the last four years, including when they've made Super Bowl runs, their secondary isn't good. Like their corners can be exploited on a regular basis, and more often than not, and we haven't always said this in the last four years, but we can definitely said this year, their offensive line is bad. Their offensive line is allowing far too much pressure through, and is not creating the same push. In the run game as before, they're probably the two biggest weaknesses of the offensive line, and the cornerback. So obviously, what did they address in the trade deadline? They bring in Christian McCaffrey. Now, don't get me wrong; I, like anyone else, is excited about the idea of Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Buschek, George Kittle, Brendan Ayuk, and Debo Samuel lining up in a Kyle Shanahan offense. I mean, l- quite literally, any one of the five could line up at any position in the offense, and it would be. A viable construct. They are, you know, this is Swiss Army knife times Swiss Army knife times clock times banking etc. Continue on the Swissing thing theme in relation to it. I think they've got thirty-seven cantons in Switzerland. There's probably about thirty-seven different offensive coordination themes that Carl Shannon's come up with in the last week since he's got CMC. So um, it's very exciting, but they are very flawed. The one thing that's going for them in this game isn't just their impressive record against the rams in the regular season though it's every time the rams have faced a decent pass rush and even with their injuries the 49ers can still get pressure on the quarterback especially from the defensive line uh, you know just rushing forward, they can get that pressure on they the rams offensive line have wilted they wilted against the bills in the opener they wilted completely against the cowboys and it's, it's a very simple equation. Pressure on the quarterback equals bad decisions. Pressure on the quarterback with no run game, like the Rams haven't had, equals uh, poor offensive performance. Um, I I don't want to over-exaggerate how bad the, 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 the 49ers' injuries and in position is, but it did feel like I wanted to quote uh, Whitney and Mariah Uh, in their song the Prince of Egypt, when they said they can be miracles when you believe. Uh, We're talking about dreaming and believing to this evening. I do believe. I still believe in the 49ers. I still believe in my (laughs) preseason Super Bowl pick uh, that they can somehow fix this and that Shanahan's going to weave some magic and we're going to have lots of excitement as neutral fans with the combination of all these players lined up. The only problem with that belief that I'm struggling with still is... Jimmy Garoppolo. And yes, I mentioned he has two Super Bowl rings, generally to wind up Packers fans more than anyone. But um, the reality is he still is, when I mentioned about their secondary, when I mentioned about their offensive line, probably the biggest weak link of all. Um, It's a poor, poor NFC West this year and this season. I still bank on the 49ers to come out of it. And they're going to start by winning this game. Uh, especially by putting so much pressure on Matt Stafford and the Rams. I don't say it's a lock of the week or anything dramatic like that because it's not. I mean, there's a very viable pathway where the Rams win this game, but my pick would be for the San Francisco 49ers in the Battle of California this weekend.
1: Uh, Column, what was Michael
0: picked on this one?
1: He differs. He says that the Rams and Sean McVay get the victory.
0: Oh, there you go. That's right. We wouldn't want to all agree.